Free. So glad everybody's here this morning. It's such a such a blessing to uh, man just to worship God, isn't it? You know, it came to mind. There's there's a uh, uh, let me look here a second. I pulled this up right when I was thinking. This came to mind because um, we've had a wonderful time of worshiping and welcoming the presence of God. And and uh, Pastor Kim alluded to this. Um, uh, I don't I don't like to look at what we're entering into this part of the service right now is a separate part. Uh, I like to see it as, as a continuation. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been on staff at some churches before. A lot of times churches uh, present the, the, the time of, of music as just preparing us for the teaching. And um, I, I like to look at all of it as worship. That, that, that we, we do come in, we prepare our hearts with acknowledging who God is. Uh, but then we continue in that. Uh, when the word is spoken, uh, one of the most wonderful things you can do in worship is receive what God is saying and respond to it as if it's real. And there might not be some catchy lyrics and a, and a hook and a melody or something right now. Although we might catch one here along the way if we, if we, if we feel it, you know. But, uh, but there's, there's, a, there's a passage out of Luke 15, and, and, it, and it says, And now it happened on a certain day as he, as he was teaching. So it was while Jesus was teaching. And so I... I don't know, this just came to, to mind, and, and I, I believe that anybody here today that we can, we can take hold of this, yeah. that there's, there's a, uh, um, a, again, I, I want to acknowledge that God is present to heal right now. You know, sometimes we're wanting to, uh, uh, we're, we're wanting to uh, expect God to actually do something, and God's waiting to see what we're going to do. Um, so it says here, it says, now it happened on a certain day that as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So this is kind of an interesting setting because Jesus is actually sitting among people that are critical of him. (laughs) He's sitting there with Pharisees and teachers of the law that are trying to pick him apart. And yet in, in an atmosphere that could be contentious, it says in the next phrase, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And it just hit me, you know, while I was standing back there, you know what? God is present to touch us in any way that we receive. You remember what happened and uh, some people came with a a man that was lame um, and uh, he was paralyzed actually. And they brought him in and, and they, um, they couldn't find a way to get to him. And so, uh, again, this is interesting. The power was there to heal, uh, but it was the persistence to get to the presence of God that enabled the healing to take place. Isn't that, isn't that good? So I just want to encourage us this morning. Uh, God's waiting on us. And, and and he wants to heal. The power of the Lord is present right now, and it's what we do to get there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. He, he was just outside. You think, man, the power. You know, you got to get inside there and get next to. Well, yes, there's this nearness. Uh, you know, I was listening to a teaching recently uh, uh, about this. It, it, you know, um, I, I believe it was was it Jeremiah or. or um, um, I forget, I forget the passage, so it's talking where the, there was a, a loud noise, and then there was another thing happened, and, and God wasn't in those things. He, it was Elijah, that's what I thought, yeah, Elijah, <laughs> but, but he was in a whisper, and, and you know, that, that's such a precious thing, and what it was pointed out in what I was listening to was that um, what happens when somebody whispers to you, especially... Um, when you are wondering what they're saying and you can't quite tell, what, what, what do you do? You get close, don't you? And it, it causes you to get close to actually, and what it also does is it, it causes you to be aware of how near they are. It's hard to even know somebody's whispering unless you're close to them. And, and God, is, God is here. He's wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to speak revelation. 
But the power of God is present right now for whatever's going on in our life, for there to be freedom from it. We just have to lean in. We have to get close. We have to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right there. If the presence is here, I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. Amen. You know, I, 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 that the other lady, you know, the, 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 with the issue of blood, um, she didn't wait for Jesus to touch her. She touched him. Um, and how necessary that is for us this morning. You know, um, last week there were more people here. And sometimes there's an energy, you know, when there's more people. But we're not here just because of other people. We're here, and, and the power of, of God is, is just as powerful here as he is in any great big coliseum that's jam-packed with people today. And he cares about each one of us the same. Isn't that wonderful? So, um, so I want to encourage you in that. You know, uh, uh, Lindsay, aren't you aren't you grateful for the people that we have? I'm just amazed how how God has assembled some really wonderful people that serve here. Actually, all you are, are a part of that. You know, it's, it's but how each each person uh, fulfills such a, an, an incredible role yeah. makes such a difference. I'm kind of humbled. It's like I can just sit back and watch most stuff happening, you know, and it's wonderful to be able to do that. So I was just thinking about Lindsay doing the, the, uh, the announcements and Buddy doing the offering, you know, and, and everybody helping on the worship team. And I was thinking about David back there on the lyrics, you know, uh, he was locating my spot in my notes here for me. And I was watching him because it's like in a remote app. And I'm thinking, Oh, David, I love you. Man. I love you, man. You're so awesome. I was thinking, man, he learned how to do that. I appreciate that. You know, he went through that. But um, uh, so uh, I want to encourage you because so Lindsay referred to this that we are are going to have a time of fasting and prayer. And, and something that I appreciate appreciate about her, and and uh, I think it's something that we can all draw on, is uh, we hold each other accountable to things. And um, normally in the past, we've just done a fasting in January. And last year, I really felt compelled to have a time of fasting going into the election time. And uh, uh, that's, that's when we started the, 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 the prayer, too, on Zoom also. I, it's like, man, we can't, we can't be without prayer. We got to be, we got to be, you know, and, and a lot of times in our society today, it's hard to get people together as much. I... My, my father was a pastor, and we would have two-week revivals, you know, and we'd have every night, you know, we'd be having a, a time, and I was going to school and playing football and basketball and everything else, but I'd be there every night, you know, um, uh, and, and, and it, our society isn't quite built that way now, but we do have these tools, and we can take, we can take advantage of them yeah. in prayer. We can join together, and, you know, um, when, we're, when we're praying together, it's like we're, we're uh, joined together. In, the, in that time. Um, but we are going to have this. Uh, so, so Lindsay helped me. She said, so are we going to do that again? And I said, well, I wasn't really planning on it, but let's do it. You know, going into the fall, there's, there's different periods of time. You know, January, we're starting a new year. We need to have a, we need to reset, you know. But it's kind of like the fall is almost kind of like that, isn't it? It's like we're, you know, we're coming out of summer. We're, we're going into the fall. We got, you know, kids going to school and you know, it's just a, a like a reset then too. And we need, we need to continually be in an, um, having a fasting attitude. But it's a chance for us as a church to do that again, though. And so I just want to encourage you, like she said, I, I'll usually do like a daily um, devotional thing. Um, but we can be praying together. And I encourage you, you know... Um, I, I'm, I encourage you to stretch yourself in the, in the fasting department because uh, sometimes, you know, we can kind of just um, get off the hook and say, well, I'm just going to fast Facebook for 10 minutes a day or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, in the, I think in the Bible, they were actually doing food, you know. <laughs> you might adjust what that food is or something like that, but I, I encourage you just to take it to a... Uh, and it doesn't have to be the, the same throughout the whole period of time. But doing something where we're telling our flesh, hey, I'm not listening to you. Uh, this is not your, you're, you're not ruling my life. 
Uh, I actually have a God in my life that I'm, I'm serving. And um, so we can, we can give ourselves to that. And then um, the, 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 the greatest thing that I want to encourage us to do is, is to get closer to the whisper during a time of fasting. You know, sometimes we can say, well, I'm going to attack this mountain during this time. Well, let's just go to the, to the source. Yeah. You know, the mountains get small the higher you get. And, um, you know, the, the closer we can get to him. And that's, that's, that's my passion. We, we just get, we get near him and all the things of this earth get strangely dim, you know, and, and the light of his glory. So... Uh, on, on the fourth, uh, we, we got started on something that I, I'm just feeling a need that we need to continue with just a little bit here more today. Actually, I, I, I um, uh, started this on a Wednesday, talking about our testimony, the necessity of, of and, the, and the power of what's coming out of our mouth. It's actually said that this is, this is the, the power that overcomes the world. Um, and remember when, when Jesus was, was talking to Peter, uh, he said, who do you say I am? And, and, and he said, you are the Christ. And that declaration, he said, uh, this, upon this, I'm going to build the church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against this revelation. Yeah. It's a revelation of truth. And it's not confined to just that one thing. But how powerful that is. And so we have to make a, we have to take it to heart and, and make it ours. So. There's something, and, and uh, I believe God, God can help us with this together. Can we do this together today? Can we draw on this together? Because uh, uh, sometimes when God plants a word inside you, it kind of need. It's kind of like a seed that needs to grow some, and, and we need to to make it come to pass. So, there's uh, what I want to talk about today is is truth in a testimony, and its necessity. Okay, so uh, last week we were talking more about, you know, what, what God does in your life and the sharing of that, and there's a truth of that, and there's a testimony also of something that we might have not realized we encountered when we became born again. There's a reality of what happened in our lives. Uh, I want to call this truth testimony, and I encourage you, um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of supplementary uh, resources that are available on the notes, so if you have the church app. Um, you can go to, and, and Lindsay pointed this out, if you have an Android phone, there might be some difficulty uh, if you're trying to go to this week on there. But if you go to the, the menu and look for the, the uh, sermon notes, you can access it there. Um, you can get all the, all the notes that I'm going to be talking about today, and there's some additional things on there too where you can apply uh, what we're talking about today. So, um, so what I want to talk about and I believe God wants to speak to our hearts today, is revelation or discovery of truth based upon a personal experience in, in a testimony. And so, so when we're talking about a testimony, you know, especially like if you were to go to court, um, what, what, is, what is, is the purpose of somebody saying what they perceive? It's to discover truth, yeah, right. right? Now we got... We got our court person here. What are you? You are are you a stenographer? Or? No, I'm a deputy clerk. She's a deputy clerk. <laughs> you might want to go shake her hand. When, <laughs> when we get, what's that? Charlene. Charlene is too. So, uh, so the purpose of a court, the purpose of a testimony, the purpose of um, a witness. The whole purpose of it is to attempt to discover what truth is, right? That's the bottom line. That's what you're going for. And if you can find out what truth is, the objective is for justice to be rendered and for you know, people to be cared for the way they need to be cared for. But it's, it all is dependent upon a testimony. And, and without a testimony, there's no discovery of truth. Is that right? And so that's where... That's where we are being barraged in, in the world today. 
And we are being challenged. I, I was thinking about this. You know, we're, we're saying that, that the presence of God is here to heal right now. He's here to deliver. He's here to do anything that we need in our life. But it's contingent upon truth making it into our hearts. Okay? And so um, we are being barraged right now in, in our world with a... And this is not really anything new. Sometimes we can feel like it is, and we have you know technology to dates, so things are are more coming at us like in in volumes. But what are we be, being given all the time? Information, information with a purpose of either discovering truth or manipulating it, right? And so partly what I want to get to, and this is the, the crux of what I want to get to today, is for there to be oppression in your life, for there to be a work of the enemy, a bondage of any kind, actually for there to be sickness, anything that's going to uh, cause you to be bound in any way, it requires a removal of truth. So, I'm going to kind of step into it here a little bit first, because this has really hit me with, with what, what's going on in our nation today. Um, uh -huh. Let me go through some statements here. I, I've, I've, I've got a, a series of statements that are going to kind of support me in progression with this, because I, I think we need to really understand what's going on, particularly in our nation. This is not anything new. But to put people into a position of bondage, you have to remove truth from the narrative. And we can see this. I mean, it's such a, an incredible example that's going on in our world right now. And if, if you're not, if, if, if you're really watching the news a lot, it can be, it be, you can get into fear. You can get into worry over this, right? It's like, Wow. Because history indicates that any time you start to remove voices from the dialogue in a nation, repression is on its way. Because any time there's a removal and a, and a censorship of a voice, it's going to, its real purpose is to remove truth. Because its purpose is to inflict bondage. Okay. Now we're gonna we're gonna connect this because this is this is what the enemy is doing to us personally on a continual basis. But we can see this as an example. Man, it's such a, it's so blatant. Um, so a necessary a necessity for loss of freedom and a reign of injustice and oppression is the silencing of truth. Throughout history, and I and I and I had a a, uh, I mean you can, you can even Google this. Google even allows this to be found. You know, <laughs> a great example of what we're talking about right now. Um, through history, any oppressive nation, for them to succeed in doing what they're going to do, they have to silence truth. Any communist nation, any socialist nation. Uh, actually, it went back BC. There were, there were. This is this is a, a something that always happens. If you're going to impose bondage upon a people, you have to remove a voice of truth. Okay. So, with truth is freedom. With error is bondage. Yeah, you might say, uh, yeah, I already knew that. Well, let's just kind of keep going here. So manipulating testimony modifies the perception of truth. So <laughs> there's this, <laughs> there's, there's this skewed presentation of what truth is because what we're being shown and we and and, and what they want to call it is information and misinformation and uh 
it, it becomes very critical who you're trusting to decide what misinformation is. Right? And, and again, I'm going to stay on our country for a little while, but we're going to be using it as an example, okay? <laughs> because the truth is critical. And if you want to, if you begin to bend it, and what's interesting, uh, truth doesn't change. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't modify. Yeah, and it's been interesting to how, um, to me, uh, you know, really science is, is, should be a reflection of truth. But I've actually had, I've heard people that are in charge of, of scientific development in our country saying that it modifies. Well, it doesn't. No, your manipulation of it is. And what it's doing is not bringing freedom, especially when you begin to shut down voices that might be just questioning something. And again, I'm going to harp on this, but man, let's, let's take this to heart because this is just not our nation that's doing this. This is our enemy that's doing it continually to us, right? Truth is not insecure. Now, this is something that, man, God, I think God hit me up with this on the treadmill the other, or on the uh, Stairmaster the other day. I do the Stairmaster because, well, I won't, I won't talk about me. <laughs> but anyway, I was on the stairmaster. I was listening to something, and this this kind of hit me. I think um, it's truth is not insecure about the presence of falsehood. It will stand through the passing of much opposition. Have you noticed that? And we'll, we'll see Jesus as an example of this. He he doesn't he. Truth doesn't need the silencing of falsehood for it to, to stand and to win. And so you can almost identify whether something is truth or not based upon its need to silence its opposition. Can you see that? <laughs> all right. This might not get past YouTube's censoring, but it will be okay, all right? I, I, and I believe... Partly what, we're do, what we need to do is, is talk about some of this stuff, right? Um, so, truth does not need the silencing of its opposition. And I, I think this is good for us to get to because, you know, well, I'll wait to get to it, okay. The lie exists as a result of the silencing of, op- of its opposition. So, why is it so necessary for there to be cancellation of this and cancellation of that and, and the removal? Why? Uh, it, to me, I, it, it's a direct indication of its status of truth. America came into existence and it has survived this long based upon uh, a security in the truth that it's based upon. I remember uh, not too long ago, I'm wondering, how in the world are these people able to say what they're saying? And then I would sit back and say, oh, that's right. We are a free nation. You can say whatever you need to say. And what has happened with that is truth will always prevail if it's allowed to be heard. I mean, even my, my one comfort in, in the direction that things are going right now is it's becoming blatantly obvious how, in, how much in error things are. You, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, well, I just hope everybody's watching. Because, I mean, it's, it's blatantly obvious, Right? And my hope now, even for our nation, is the voice of truth will begin to still be. And what, what is wonderful is there's still other platforms. There's still other ways. And we need to be a part of that. We need to not be. Because what the enemy wants to do with the removal of those things is to put you into fear and make you feel like you cannot say what needs to be said. Right. 
And there's a need for, if there's going to be a testimony that's going to be for what we have in Christ, it needs to be evidenced in all, in all parts of our life. We lose fear of the opposing voices. We're not insecure about truth. We know what truth is. So, when we get on the testimony stand, we declare truth unafraid of repercussions. Right? Because there's a necessity all through history where there's been a defeat of falsehood. It's come as a result of somebody standing up and saying the truth in spite of what the opposition might say. But I like this. It's like, you know what? Truth is not insecure. It doesn't need the silencing. And I want to encourage us in this, and I'm going to go ahead and make the correlation. When the enemy's coming against us like a flood, we don't need him to be silent. We have the truth. Amen? Because sometimes we can be intimidated by the roar of the flood. And we need the flood to go away for us to be secure. No, our security is in the truth of what we have. But it needs to not be silenced. How the enemy defeats us is not because of a lack of truth, but the silencing of truth. That's where the the, the testimony becomes so necessary. This is good, isn't it? All right. The enemy's greatest achievement then, (laughs) and this is amazing how it's, it's done. It's so it's such a it's such a scheme of the enemy that we have to recognize this. What he does is he labels truth as dangerous and 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 obviously then it needs to be silenced. And we can see this directly, can't we? Oh, COVID. Oh, we have to worship COVID. And because we're worshiping COVID, if you have anything to say in opposition to the the ever ebbing and conforming and evolving representation of science, then you must be silenced. And it makes you rise up and say, you're up to something other than what you're saying. Is that right? Now, this needs to be our attitude about other things too, okay? Can we stay together with this? What's that? I hope so. Don't you? Don't you hope so? Uh, man, it, it's amazing me. So, so I, I, I pulled up some Facebook thing. You know, I was, I was just talking about masks or something. You know, oh, there's got a little flash up there. Uh, fact check. You know, it's like, don't you tell me about fact. I can fact check you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, who, who's coming up with this stuff? Because there's, I, I've got some facts that'll make you. Yeah. Anyway, and we really should have some facts with regard to what real truth is about all of this to where we're not intimidated by, that's what's just, just this, this whole last year has been a direct assault upon the truth of God. That we're supposed to bow in fear to something that has a 0.5% chance of even hurt. There's all kinds of stuff. Let's stay off the road. Let's don't do anything. Let's just bow in fear and keep our mouths shut because somebody might cancel us from something. All right. <laughs> so you're going to say, you need to stay off the Stairmaster. <laughs> Freedom comes when truth is given an opportunity to triumph over falsehood, not silence it. So our, our, our focus is not to silence the opposition, but for truth to be heard. Because yeah. yes. truth will triumph as long as it's not silenced. Yeah, the enemy just wants to get us to close our mouths. Yeah. And we have to say no. There's a fire shut up in my bones. It must, yes. it must speak. Yes. Amen. Dangerous ideologies have existed alongside truth as abnormalities until truth was silenced in the name of the better good. Can you see what I'm saying there? <laughs> a lot of the nonsense that's going on today has existed for a long time, but it was seen as an abnormality. Uh, abnormality 
until the truth about it was silenced. There's, there's been this imposition, imposition of you are, you are insensitive, you don't care if you don't agree. And so you will be silenced if you don't go along. Those same things have existed for a long time. And as soon as silence is brought to pass, they can rise as if they're normal. And really, they're, they're lies. They're lies. This is a scheme of the enemy, and it's nothing new. Like I said, you can go through history. This is how the enemy takes down a whole nation, is the silencing of truth. The testimony that overcomes is the one that refuses to be silenced by intimidation. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? We will not be a part of the silencing. Jesus came to give testimony, voice to the truth. Okay, we're going to get into some scripture here. Are you excited? You say, man, I'm ready for a drink after all that, right? (laughs) But it's all good, isn't it? Uh So Jesus actually came to provide a release of the sound of truth. For there to be a removal of silence (laughs) and the power of the enemy to bind and to oppress. Okay? (laughs) So John 18, 37. Pilate said, so you are a king? And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. What is that? To bring clarity, to bring a voice, to make sure that truth is no longer silenced. What was, what was the truth that was being silenced? That we were, we were all dead in sin. We were all bound by the enemy's curse. We did not have hope. And Jesus came to testify of the love of God that was so great that he sent his own son. And you know, the enemy oppresses, he, he, he binds, he, 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 he puts sickness upon, he puts all, all the curses come upon uh, without the testimony. And you can even have the information But Jesus came to give testimony. That's a voice, isn't it? To remove silence from truth. Man, this is good. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. You you know, don't you like it when you you, you hear somebody that, that, that they're speaking something and you say, Man, that's a truth. You know what I mean? And it's not just, it's not just a political thing. It's, no, that, that, it bears witness with your spirit. We've been born again. We've been, that's what Jesus came to do is to, 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 to make new creatures out of us. So now we become that same voice, right? He says, all who love the truth, don't just love a, a and, and here's, <laughs> here's what's going on in just a magnified sense in, in our world today. There's not a love of truth. There's a love of desire to get what they want. And so the truth must be bended to mold, to manipulate, because you don't get what you want without a perception of its truth. Does that make sense? (laughs) And so Jesus was born to present a perception of the truth, not just a manipulated truth. (laughs) And there's so many things that mold our perception of truth. But you get born again, that's why it's so powerful. You get born again and now there's the testimony of the truth. That comes to reside on the inside. (laughs) And it resides on the inside of everyone that's born again. Now. There can still be bondage. Because the enemy can still silence the voice of truth. 
It's not enough to have the truth. You have to voice it. Okay? Are you liking this? Is it helpful? All right. The overcoming of truth is in the face of its opposition, not the silencing of it. So I said that earlier, but uh, let, let's look at this. Um, so you see what I'm saying? This is, this is going back to truth is not intimidated by its opposition. In fact, it gets right in its face. It doesn't need for it to go away. <laughs> it almost, don't, it's, it's like a Rocky movie, you know? It's like Rocky... <laughs> Rocky just would just stick his face out there, you know? It's like, just, just hit me as much as you want because you're going to go down. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. What the enemy wants us to do is to cower, to run away and say, you're not going to catch me. <laughs> you know? But truth needs to stand up in the face of its opposition. Yeah. All right? And so this comes from Revelation 12, 11. We're familiar with this, and this is something that we've been uh, referring to throughout this. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they ran away and said, don't hit me, don't hit me. Right? That they were afraid to die. And here's the thing that just, uh, <laughs> the enemy wants to use. Oh, you might die. Oh, well, then I'll just be quiet then. You know? Oh, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'll cover up. I'll stay home. I'll, I'll poke my arm. I'll do whatever you tell me to do because I am afraid of dying and making somebody else die. That's what the enemy wants to do, doesn't he? And I like this. It said, no, they overcame him, not... By cowering and doing whatever he said to do, but standing up in his face and saying, I'm not afraid of dying, let alone anything else you're trying to scare me with. Does this make sense? So what happened then? So it's the blood of the lamb. Jesus came to testify of truth. How did he do that? By laying down his life and accomplishing the truth of God's love. And so much took place in the, in the laying down of his life, of the blood that was shed. There's so much power in that. What is its power? Its power is, is the truth it imparts. But his power is dependent upon the voice of truth. That is applied to the power. Don't you like that? It says they didn't just they didn't just beat him by the blood. They didn't just stand up and, and get in his face and just think the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. <laughs> no, they began to apply the truth of what the blood accomplished. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> or is, is this too deep? I, I don't know. Is, <laughs> is, it, is it making sense? Yeah. With evil purpose comes manipulation of the truth, uh, calling it a lie. So Romans, remember Romans, <laughs> Paul just really hits it in Romans 1. He talks about what these people are doing. And he, he labels them for what they are. And this is a biblical representation of what's going on in the world right now. They're taking what is true, they're calling it a lie and taking what is a lie and calling it the truth. But the enemy does this to us all the time. The only way that we are kept from the testimony of the truth in the blood of Jesus and made to overcome in any, in any oppression in our life is the silencing of truth. <laughs> and this is one of his schemes to do that. He will cause us to say, you know, God said that, but it's not being proven in my life, so it must not be true. And doubt rises. And so instead of saying what God said, we just keep our mouth shut. That makes sense? And the power is the in the declaration of the truth. But you have to get to the place where you say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how big that enemy is in my face. I'm going to stand in his face and declare the testimony of the truth. Now, I, I want to encourage you. I, I, I was, I was uh, 
another scripture that came to mind when I was back there was how Paul said, none of these things move me. When did he say that? It's when he, you know, God said, go, go teach about what you've found in me, you know, and, and, and Paul had a revelation of, of what we're talking about, what, what happened in the blood of Jesus. He, he had such a revelation of that, and he poured his heart out to people, and, and, and then all of a sudden, he started getting all these prophecies about how he's going to be bound, and, and, and he would. And what was kind of interesting is how God does stuff is not how we do stuff. We think about we think it's about today. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, if he if if he would have listened to the voice of the enemy, he would have he would have become defeated. Yeah. Oh, bondage? Oh, I must run away. I must silence myself and yeah. I must go to Egypt and make sure that I don't get bound because that's surely not God's will. I kind of do the higher voice because that's more of a weenie voice, right? I was trying to figure out why I was doing that, actually. <laughs> no, no, you got to yell at the enemy. You don't want to get close to him. You don't, you don't want to hit him with a long shot. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, um, what, what was I talking about? Anyway. Oh, he, he's not moved. Uh, he's, he's not moved by what what things look like, uh, and, and and he ends up fulfilling a much greater purpose than if than if he would have just succumbed to the in, intimidation of the enemy. So Romans one twenty five says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So that means they they inverted truth. For a lie. And this is going on in our world big time right now. And that's why people are able to be intimidated by this. Because God does not give us a spirit of fear. You can almost tell and identify the source of the information you get. Is if it's causing you to fear, it's not coming from God. Is that okay? I just said it. All right. So what happens when you invert this, then now instead of considering the truth, you have to embrace and bow down to a truth that's coming through man. Because this causes it, calls it actually worship. Because what you, what you conform your life to is what you are worshiping. And what the world is trying to do to us right now is to cause us to bow down to a man's perception, a manipulation of truth. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And so... It's so convoluted. I'll just refer to this. And again, YouTube, hello. Um, but that somebody in a high place just said that it's biblical for us to take the vaccination because we care about our neighbor. You can just, I mean, that might as well have been Satan in the wilderness with Jesus, right? You know? But, and this is somebody that's supposed to, we're supposed to be following. You know, oh, you can fill in the blank or whatever you want. But this is what the enemy will do. He'll, he'll take a truth, he'll twist it. And if we're not careful in, in our heightened spiritual sense, we can actually do this on a normal basis. If we're living, and you can, you, here's the thing. The enemy hits us blindsided. And sometimes there's an attack against us where we are, we are experiencing, I mean, I, I <laughs> don't talk to my wife too much, but <laughs> the enemy, he, he hits us and we're experiencing it. I mean, you know, you, you can feel oppression. You can feel, you can feel depression, you know, and, and what the, what the world wants to say is, well, if you got depression, you need some medication, you know, and 
So you can say, yeah, well, I guess I'll worship medication then. Now, now there's a, there's a place for that. For, for, but there, there's also a, a, an answer, a testimony of the, the truth in Christ that is meant to free us from every oppression of the enemy. <laughs> and it's amazing if you would actually determine, and maybe, maybe somebody needs to do a study of this. I don't know. Um, so I guess I'm supposed to do a study now, but... <laughs> of people that are experiencing these kind of things, how much of the truth has been silenced in their life. Does that make sense? Because sometimes you have to contend for the things of truth. You have to make sure their voice is being heard in the face of the enemy when you're not feeling it, when you're being tossed around, when you're not... When, when, when the enemy's coming like a flood, what is the Spirit of the Lord raises up a, a standard? How? And you might not feel like it's a victory when you're standing in it. Yeah. It might feel like you're being overcome. Yeah. You know, Jesus on the way to the cross yeah. did not look like he was victorious. And so there's a necessity of looking away, looking away from what the enemy, that, that ugly face that's right in your face <laughs> and saying, no, I'm, I'm looking to the author and the finisher of my faith who for the joy that was set before him endured, endured. And the voice of truth kept rising up inside. What am I? There's something beyond where I'm at. Amen. So God wants us to triumph. He, he, Jesus, in the same way Jesus overcame, is the same way we, we overcome. It's the testimony of truth. There is a truth. Jesus said this, and this is critical for us, that even going into the word, we have to not just go into it from a scholarly approach and think that we're just going to manipulate the word of God. Yeah, right? That's why it has to become an exercise of worship itself. To where this is an interaction. It's a whisper experience. Where God, if, I'm, if you're going to impart truth to me, I'm going to have to hear it through a whisper. I'm going to have to hear it right up next to you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I'm going to be very skeptical of anything that's coming anywhere else. Even if it sounds spiritual. I'm not just going to be dependent upon what I'm hearing from some teacher somewhere. It has to be your heart. And even if I'm hearing from somebody else's teaching, it's going to have to be you that's making it revelation to me. Okay. So I've got a story here real quick. Are, are y'all doing all right? Are we good? Can I go just a little bit more? So I was reading this example out of, uh, out of John 9. And there's a blind man. <clears throat> And remember, I think Jesus did some of this stuff just on purpose because he just, he just liked to needle. <laughs> he just liked to, he, he was not intimidated by, by the silencers. Because, you know, the whole thing that took place with his crucifixion was the silencing, the perceived silencing of truth, right? <laughs> they thought they were silencing truth. Can you imagine? And here's the deception, and it happened with Paul, too. Oh, it was just the magnifying of it. Yeah. He goes and in chains. He writes the letters that transform our life. Yes. Is that amazing? Yes. John 9, 6. You can read the whole chapter, so remember what happened. Uh, um, Jesus came upon this, this blind man. He's blind from birth. All he, hear, all he knows is that somebody named Jesus and... Comes by, <laughs> asks him what he wants. He says, uh, "Do you want to be? Do you want to see?" Well, I guess whatever that is, you know, he's never seen before. Can you imagine? And uh, and you wonder why Jesus did it this way. He might have done it so that we could read this whole chapter and get some cool stuff out of it, because it's not like he just saw right away. He put this mud on his eyes, right? Like, wow. We got to start a new ministry of mud application, you know. <laughs> but it was kind of cool because 
he had to go wash it off before he actually got healed. And by that time, Jesus wasn't around. So now he became a problem because now on the Sabbath, he's this guy that everybody knows was, was blind. And now there's a problem with truth because all these religious people are trying to say what a sinner Jesus is. <laughs> and truth is trying to be manipulated by those who are in authority and causing people to be afraid. So let's just read this. So <laughs> this, is, this is those religious people, and they're talking about this blind man. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. You can't do that and actually be working for God. I guess I'm really messing up today. I don't know. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? This is, man, they stepped into some deep water here. Here's this ignorant blind man that everybody knows, you know, was blind. I mean, he's, he's the town blind man, you know, um, and, and, and these Pharisees, these learned people that are so far above, they ask his opinion. Isn't that interesting? And I think there's, there's revelation to be had in this for us. Because the person with the experience has much more credibility than the one with the position. Does that make sense? You know, this man, he knew more about the truth than these Pharisees did, so much so that they're asking him what his opinion is. Man, I'll tell you what, if we get an experience in God that is legitimate, that's life transforming to people, <laughs> what, what happened to you? I'll tell you what, you give victory over any area of oppression in your life, somebody's going to notice it. And they might just ask you what your opinion is. And your testimony gets to come out, right? What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. Well, they got to get this guy quiet quick, right? The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They say, man, science is evolving on us here. This is, this is not something that, that we, we got to get some verification of it. Now, now watch what happened. They have, they have censorship going on so big. They said, if you say, does this sound familiar? If you say anything about the validity of Jesus, you don't get to come into the temple anymore. If you say anything against what we say, you don't get to talk on Facebook no more. <laughs> right? See, there's nothing new. <laughs> it was going on back then. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? Now look at their response. His parents replied, we know this is our own son and that he was born blind. That's all we're going to tell you. Because we are scared of you. But, they, they, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Is that kind of funny? His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. Wow, that sounds familiar. That's why they said, he is old enough, ask him. So, for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. This couldn't have been Jesus that did this. This had to be God only. Jesus was not involved. You cannot say that anymore. <laughs> you cannot say that God, uh, God's will is for you to be healed. Because somebody didn't get healed. And you would be insensitive if you did that. 
In fact, we'll expel you from ever, we won't ever listen to you again. I'm so offended. Okay, then I just won't say the truth anymore. <laughs> you, you are not allowed to say anymore that God wants to bless you and to prosper you and to make you wealthy because that, that sounds like you're just using God for your own benefit. God's not allowed to bless you. That would offend me. And that will offend somebody that doesn't have as much as you have. So you must be quiet with regard to that. Okay, I'll be quiet then. You can just ask, buddy. And it, and it couldn't have been. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. God's blessed, buddy. He's blessed, Larry. He's, we've got a lot of people that God's blessed because his, his faithfulness, the truth of his word has been applied in their life. And you cannot contend with them because they have a testimony of the truth that they've walked out in their life, that they've declared when it was not easy. Amen? Is that the truth? (laughs) I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. Here's what God wants to do. The truth of God will always prevail as long as it's not silenced in our life. Amen? So what we can begin to declare is, I don't know the details about what this situation is in my life. What I do know is what happened in the blood of Jesus. And now my testimony will not be an affirmation of the circumstances. My testimony will be a voice of the truth. Amen? Wow. Aren't you glad for the truth from God's word? But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed. I love this part, okay? I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? (laughs) This is like comedy in the Bible, isn't it? This could be like uh, Seinfeld or something, right? Then they cursed him and said, (laughs) you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. (laughs) We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. Man, truth is something that we cannot lean upon this world to determine what truth is in our lives. Amen. We've been given the testimony of the blood of Jesus. That if we will, it will be the power of God present to heal in our lives. Amen. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. This is the man still talking. Man, he's talking revelation here, isn't he? Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. This is the blind man talking. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? Man, we need to not be intimidated. I don't care who they are, what their title is. You know, that's one of his biggest things. Oh, they know more than you. And they threw him out of the synagogue. He got canceled. And he went out and found Jesus. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that an interesting story? But you can see the necessity of holding to the truth. And you can see the power of the simple declaration that this man that was touched by God. One thing he became convinced of because it was his experience. And it became his testimony, right? Right? Faithfulness to truth in Christ brings freedom from silencing lies. So I, I just want to get this and we can, uh, like I said, there's some supplementary stuff uh, on, on the app there. And uh, if you want to go online or something, it's on there too. But John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Now, the teachings... That we remain faithful to are not just the things that Jesus spoke 
in the, in the Gospels, Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to reveal all truth to you. And that becomes something that becomes, it, it's, it's not just a teaching, it's the truth. Yeah. So when you become faithful to the truth, now, this next scripture is the one that everybody wants to stand on. Yeah. But this is where it comes from. And you will know the truth. How? By being faithful to the testimony that Jesus came that's in his blood. And the truth will do what? It will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How? When it's not silenced anymore. How is the faithfulness to his teachings? That's when you are declaring them. When you're proclaiming them, right? So the liberating power of truth is activated in its testimony. It's, there, there's no power in truth until there's a declaration of it. Did you know that there is, that, that the truth resides in America right now? But what do we hear mostly? But the truth is still being heard. We're speaking it right now. Amen. And there's a power in the declaration of truth that if you're not intimidated to become silent, it prevails, especially in the face of the oppressor in your life in whatever form he takes. He wants to take a different form. You say, well, I don't have that. You know, well, I don't have, well, he's coming at you with something because he's he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he, he may devour and he may attempt to devour you in a way that is is no problem for somebody else but it's unique to you but in everything we've been given the power of a testimony that will cause us to be more than overcomers i like the scripture that says we we are more than overcomers in christ but how are we that it's in the refusal to allow there to be silencing of truth in our life So the liberating power of truth is activated in its testimony. I, I'm so glad that there's an answer that we have. Amen? Hebrews 10, 23. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and what? Confess. I need you to confess. Okay, I'll confess then. Right? And our acknowledgement of it. There's a necessity for us to. Jesus said. If, if, you, if you become my disciple. And you become faithful to a. That's, that's like. Well if Jesus said that. Then that's who I am. If he said that's who I am. If he said I'm victorious in this thing. Then my faith is applied to that. And my declaration is no longer going to be uh, encouraging and affirming the power of my opposition. The one that's wanting to silence the very thing that will overcome him. I must fill my mouth with the declaration of truth. Amen? And I must hold on to it. I, I don't waver. That means there's going to be a reason to waver. That means there are going, there is going to be an earthquake. That means there is going to be a pandemic that comes along that we must tremble in, in fear before. No, 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 no. No, we hold on to the truth. Amen? And it will not fail as long as we hold on to it and make it our confession. We declare it. The only way the enemy defeats us in the silent, is in the silencing of the truth we've been given in Christ. All right. For he who promised is reliable, sure, yeah. and faithful to his word. How many believe that? God's faithful to his word. Okay, what are we doing with his word? He throws it back on us, doesn't he? It's like we talked about at the beginning. God's present to do things. Where are we? Amen. Truth is, has been planted in our hearts. Where is its testimony? We discover it in the word. Amen. But then it needs to occupy our mouths. You know, Deuteronomy, this word of the, uh, this, uh, what is it? Um, 
of the law shall not depart out of your, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate on it day and night. Shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate on it day and night so that you can prosper, that you can be, amen. All right, I didn't, didn't recite that too well, but you know what I'm saying. It needs to occupy your mouth continually. This was, this was before Jesus. Did you take the reality of the truth of who God is? Make it your meditation. Make it what's coming out of your mouth. Every time it's declared, it's a refutal of the enemy's attempt to bring silence. With every onset of silence, it's an open door to bondage and repression. Okay, can we just do this a little bit? I've got a few of these. I encourage you. Uh, there's, there's several more in the app. You can do these in the app. I encourage you in any area specific where you are feeling oppression, do not assume that it's the normal way for a, a Christian to live. Don't say, well, somebody else went through this too, so I must have to do it also. This is my cross, my burden to bear. This is my thorn in the flesh. This is, no, no, no. That's, that's not the truth. What that does is it silences the truth. So what we do is we find out what God says about something. Then we make it a declaration over our life ourselves. So... Um, we're, we're going to continue in this because we are overcomers, aren't we? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so we, we have, uh, we have some, several of these that we have put together, and I think we might uh, actually formalize them in, a, in another way that, that might be helpful also. Let's just, can we just say these together? Um, the anointing which I have received abides in me. Can you see that? Oh, it's not. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. Dave's helped me out now. Or no, Ryan's helped me out. All right. Somebody's helping me out. The anointing which I have received abides in me. And that same anointing is teaching me the truth. Isn't it wonderful just to acknowledge that? That I'm not without the truth. I'm not, I don't have to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm missing anything. The spirit of truth abides in me and teaches me all things. He guides me into all truth. What needs to come out of us when we're feeling oppressed in this regard? We say what God says. The Lord has put his word in my mouth. The Lord teaches me to profit and leads me in the way that I should go. The Lord gives me wisdom and hides it for me, not from me. As I go, the Holy Spirit will be my mouth and teach me what to say. This is just a few of them, but you know, I'll tell you, if you hear yourself saying that, your spirit gets happy because it's hearing truth. And sometimes you might have to say these a few times for the clouds to go away. But what it'll do is it'll realign your mind with the word. Instead of being conformed to the world, you'll be transformed. Amen? But without this, the enemy wins by default because you've simply been silent on the stand of testimony, on the witness stand. Is this good?